to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The amount of years that I was on drugs, all right, so shooting up, maybe, I don't know, maybe heroin was like, I got off heroin when I was 21. And you started right. about 16? 17, yeah, something like that. So four-year period I was using heroin. I was locked up nearly that whole time. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. This week's episode with Spanion was wow, wow, wee wow, insane. He also has this incredible book he's just written, Spanion, the Unfiltered Hood Life. I just had to ask him about it. I got through this book in three days. And that's what this little bonus episode is about. It's like an in-depth look at his private life, the man behind the tough exterior. Make sure you listen to part one of his chat first, because now we're going straight to where it all started, with his mum. Content warning. If you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. People like you don't just exist. Mm -hmm. They're made, right? Through a set of circumstances. Your mum had you super young. Your relationship with her, how would you define that? I was very close to my mum. But like I grew apart from my mum at about the same time I grew apart with everyone else in the world and it was like when I learned that I'm like by myself and I I got that feeling from when I started to go to jail so like what happened in jail is I went most of my life well now times past so it might be like a 13 years all time locked up and I would say at least 10 of those years I would do without like no visits no no contact no letters I'm talking even friends um nobody to ring so I learned to live by myself and I'm sweet like that and it pushed me away from like relationships and my mum was included with that say for example my missus she sees like if she doesn't see her mum for like five days she's like oh I want to go have dinner with my mum and I'm like why not that I care look I was like why and she's got because I'm like miss her like I haven't seen her for five days and I think to myself like 
I don't even see my mum for like five weeks. That hurt me when I watched your video where you were like, I've never gone to a party, I've never gone to a wedding, I don't see anybody, I don't have any friends. Mm. My mum, we have a distance between us. Whose fault is that? Is that the you because you were locked up so much that people got sick of the shenanigans and got sick of your choice? Like, did your mum get sick of it and pull back or was it you? Did you pull back? The reason, the reason, uh, I think that's just would exist if anyone. I say like even the people who are, they, like mother and son, yeah, they're close, but like even a husband and wife, what, after five years, after 10 years, you know what I mean? And that's a husband and wife, like, you know what I mean? You only got one life. No one's going to be sitting there worrying about someone like, it's, it, to me, it's just expected to happen. Um, if, if, if you're going to say it's a fault, if you're going to talk about it that way, then it's without doubt that it's my fault because I got locked up. Uh, so I can't answer any other way. But I don't see it as like... Whose fault it is. I don't, I don't see it as a fault. It's, it's, just, it's just natural. Like, I, I love my missus now to death. If I got locked up in four years... I'm just, just four years, but she's still going to be there in love with me. This And I was like, what are you doing? Do you think that? Oh, well, if she did, I would think like, I don't know, like maybe I've got a bad like outlook, but... You'd expect her to leave? Of course. Would you do things? Like say it was the opposite way. If if she got locked up, would you go willy-nilly around town with other women or... Uh, my heart intention would be that I won't. But you just don't know how things play out over four years. Four years. Like, look how people are in relationships over the smallest things. And then, like, when people argue, you bring that thing up they done last week and this and that and this and that. And after three years, you're not there. Four years, you're not there. And they got no money. They got no, no one to do anything with. They're just sitting there by themselves four years, five years. The next time you have this littlest argument, it's like... What do you mean? Like you've been gone for? Yeah, you know I mean, this just yeah. Yeah. and this is your life experience. You've done this. Yeah, you know this. Yeah, yeah. But when it becomes your mum, if that's an unconditional love, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're saying you got no money for buy-ups and no one called for years, that's a hard thing. Uh it, it can be. Yeah, it can be hard. Yeah. You know, because whether or not, like, you're practical about it, it's a long time and yeah. it's boring, what we're going to do, talk about the same shit, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, no one, no one's going to turn up for you for that long. Yeah. Like, I would get a visit around my birthday and around Christmas, maybe two visits a year, and money for buy-ups, like, maybe twice a year. So 100 bucks around my birthday, 100 bucks around Christmas, which is one buy-up. You know, jail's a lot of time thinking. Yeah. You just come to terms with that, right? You just... That is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I would, like I lived by myself before like this jail stuff. So it's like by the time I went to jail, I was like, that stopped in boys' homes. So like okay. the first time I went to boys' homes, oh, look, in boys' homes, like I'll be here every weekend. Mm-hmm. Sweet, she come every weekend. The second time I was in boys' homes, she still visit. I went to boys' homes like six times or like. I know. By the third time, there was no visits. Is she annoyed? She's trying to live her life. She's trying to keep food on the table for your younger brother. Of course. It's like stop fucking around, Spanian. But she works full time. She's she she was married. She's got my younger brother. They're paying yeah. like paying rent. Like she works flat out. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like so. She just sent all her spare money to me, and her spare day goes to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what maybe you're if I was the type of person that was like, oh, like I miss everyone, mm. and she would have put that effort in mm. because I was sad. But I never cared. Mm. Like I didn't. And care, now you know you're I mean? here, and you're out, and you're reformed. Mm. What is it like between you guys? Like, have you had a conversation of, like, how did, 
did it make her feel or because it would have been stressful having a kid that's doing this stuff right yeah 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 i presume so (laughs) (laughs) have you not talked about it like mom sorry it was difficult for you i was difficult no would you uh i'm not sorry Okay. I'm not sorry. Well, then there's that. I'm not sorry to anyone or anything, to, to be honest. No. But you're not sorry to her for No, no, no. I could have been a lot. I could have been a putrid person. I, I think I'm pretty great. I think very highly of myself, and mm-hmm. I think she's very lucky to have me as a son. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and I'm not laughing because yeah. I disagree. No. I think you're an exceptional person. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you have to apologize for being exceptional. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> fuck, there was some heavy shit that went down. No, she's used to it. Like my dad was a criminal. My uh, her her brother, which is like my older brother, was a criminal. She grew up around criminals. I grew up around criminals. We grew up in a criminal area. You know what I mean? Like, I do, and I do, like, and like I get it. And this is like generational. Yeah, I'm not like Tony Blair's son, and they're all like ashamed <laughs> of me at the dinner table. It's just like it's not even worth a conversation in my family. And that's also really beautiful in yeah, itself. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to know it because if. You know, it is. The circumstances are different that I'm yeah, looking yeah. through this lens. That if that is the way that it is, okay, it's yeah. just understood. She'd honestly, she'd, she, if I went to her like out of nowhere and just started saying, you know what, mum, like the life I done was this and that, and you felt this and that, she'll like think I'm on drugs or think I'm drunk or something. She'll be like, what if are you, you say, mum, I just want to give you a big hug, Sam, sorry, she'd be like, piss off. She won't say piss off. Or she'd she'll be wrong? polite about it. She's a very polite person. Uh-huh. She don't swear or nothing. Um, She'll go, oh, what's, what are you, are you, are you, are you stoned? What are you doing? <laughs> Let me look at your face. She'll be like that. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about something else then because you just said something which is, I'm not sorry for the things that I've done. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. I said that. And, and when you say I'm not sorry to anyone or the things that I've done, do you mean you, even the people you harmed? I mean that, yeah. You're not sorry to them either? No. Okay. Because in your book, that you have been diagnosed as a psychopath, right? Yeah. What is a psychopath? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think too much into it. What's a psychopath? I think it's people with uh, people that are manipulative and uh, lack of empathy. I think that's the biggest two things that they judge on: people that manipulate others and people that have a lack of empathy. A person suffering from chronic mental disorder with an abnormal or violent social behaviour. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Superficial charm, high intelligence, poor judgment, failure to learn from experience, pathological egocentricity, incapacity for love, lack of remorse or shame, impulsivity, grandiose sense of self-worth, pathological lying, manipulative behavior, and so forth. Yeah. Some of those things. Yeah, yeah. So I probably, I'm probably like half of those things. Some of those which things. Which is enough, yeah, yeah, I guess. They say you're a psychopath, which is like a big title, yeah. you know, to wear, right? Like to know you're a psychopath. Because they yeah. use that on TV, on like CSI and stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. But when you say something like, I don't care what I did or um, I'm not sorry, yeah. right? And some of the things, you know, in the book are like hardcore shit, like stabbing people in the neck and mm. like lots of stabbings, yo, yo. bit of harm, bashings, stomping on heads. When these things happen to these people and you say, I'm not sorry, is there any part of you that maybe like stabbed the wrong person one time or something is like, 
Fuck. Nah, in the I world that I come from, them. in the world that I come from, there's there's putrid acts and there's not um, stealing violence amongst participants in the game, stealing people's cars, definitely destroying businesses and stealing computers from. Then none of those are even close to putrid acts. Not okay. even close. Nah, um, a putrid act in the world that I come from is um, unwarranted violence on people that aren't in the game. Probably in 90% of cases, uh, violence towards women. Uh, anything got to do with a child. Anything that is sexual. And anything that is related to old people. They're, they're the only so, putrid, actually. So it sounds like any, like uh, attacking the vulnerable is putrid. Of course it is, yeah. Okay, so most of these acts were to participants or not really harming because it's a car or it's a object oh you could be like a full civilian i'll, I'll steal your car if you yes. leave your purse i'll steal your purse yes. sorry there's hassles you're gonna have uh, bring up the bank and go through all that stuff this and that but i'll steal your pur- purse i go to jail for nine months believe me i'd rather like in that in that roll of the dice i'd rather ring the bank and order a new car than go to jail for nine months okay got it yeah. so i got broken into when i lived in new zealand and um i came home from a walk the the doors kicked in the TV's gone. They've gone through my like underpants yeah. drawer and like some of my stuff. Top drawer underwear drawers where all the goods are. Yeah, That's well, I thought they were getting my undies, yeah. but they no. wanted other stuff. I was like, what <laughs> are they doing? For jewelry, yeah. yeah. And um, I felt really violated, mm-hmm. right? Like I said to my husband that night, I was like, I can't live here anymore. Like we have to leave today. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic. That's also part of my personality disorder. Yeah. Where. We did. We moved out. Yeah. Very expensive in a day to move somewhere else because I couldn't be there because I thought they'd come back. Yeah. I don't understand the crime rules. Yeah. I thought, okay, maybe they're just sussing it out and they're going to come back for us. So we moved <laughs> out, right? That's not how it works, hey? <laughs> I doubt they'll suss in anything either, yeah. So they take the TV and look, let me tell you, that cardboard box that the tv came in was outside the front yeah so it was advertising yeah yeah, yeah. right idiots we're the idiots but i was uh, like a bit fucked up from being Mm -hmm. um robbed yeah so even though i'm a civilian completely separate there's no part of you that if you did that to you know that family that you were the best story ever that you were naked uh, not naked but you were in your undies underneath the barbecue cover and you scared the shit out of the Mm -hmm. family that were watching neighbors and jumped over the fence that could kind of be traumatic for the kids. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of you that goes, I just had to get out of the situation, I'm sorry, or you go, fuck, I hope I didn't fuck up the kids, that there's a scary half-naked man in the back garden? No. No, there's no um, consideration for anything like that because that's like, that's, that's up to you. Yeah, that's how that's the person, up to the person. Yeah, so you don't care how they feel. No, no, It's no, up no. to them it's, how it's, they if deal If I've done that. something that makes that situation happen, it makes them like, without a doubt, feel that way. I harm them something. That's one thing. If you decide to, to view things in a way that scares you or you've got some underlying anxieties and this and that, there's no way I'm going to feel bad for not tiptoeing around your world. People can feel violated about anything. Yeah, it's true. Look at the world we live in. I know. Look at all these. There's, there's like, say, so, you see it on YouTube all the day, all, every day, all those crazy women. Like, you beep at them or you stand too close to them in line and they, they have mental breakdowns. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be doing that. It's this, there's, a, there's a definitive line. Yeah, you do a putrid act or you don't. Well, how people feel about what you've done. 
It's not your problem. Of course not. And 80% of victims, like, honestly, like, you should see, it's like some of these people, the things they say, places you've robbed and they just chuck on so much stuff that you've taken. It's like, bro, I wish I stole all that stuff from you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even during that siege, a teacher tried to tackle me. He's like confident, this confident teacher, full grown man. And so, like, I'm running around for a knife and he's like trying to tough me in that, you know, testing his waters having a male standoff with him and I gave him a little snap kick and he just like kept away, you know what I mean? But he wasn't scared. You should hear the things they say. His life is ruined. He can't bear to walk in a classroom. Like these people don't, uh, not in my mind. Yeah, you can't, I don't know. My opinion, you can't be dancing around people's like stuff like that. The question then, do you think you're a psychopath? I honestly don't because that that um, list you read, I'm like... A few of those things, but so are a lot of people. Like a, a very def, like a definitive thing in that is no capacity for love. And I you have love a very strong capacity for love. Like yeah, yeah. Like I've, love yeah. others, love yourself, love yeah. your God. Yeah, yeah. Love so your children. That's it. Like and the, and the, if you ask someone what like this bloke loves so many people, is he a psychopath? It's like oh no no. But then you say, but he's got no empathy. And it's like... Mm, no, but I'm questioning that because you sound like you do have empathy. Yeah. If it's a child or a woman or an elderly or a disabled... I'm glad you, you got to this. You feel... Yeah. Like, so So can I just say something? There were many years that you were using heroin. Yeah. Within that time, when you're high on drugs, did you ever harm any of those people ever? Or were you still in your right mind enough to know... To not cross the oh, boundary. Acts. Any putrid no. acts? The the putridest act like that I've ever done, right? And it, in jail terms, mm. right? So if you asked me five years ago, would you ask me it's a putrid act? Definitely not. Standard procedure of of the of the criminal world. Now I feel a, a bit different, mm. right? Still, would I call it a putrid act? Nah. Was it good? Did it scare him? Probably. So like, as a last, there was a little period there. You got to remember, like in this drug life, like. I, I used, if you really consider the amount of the amount of years that I was on drugs, right? So shooting up, maybe, I don't know, maybe if heroin was like, I got off heroin when I was 21. And you started right? about 16? 17, yeah, something like that. So four-year period I was using heroin. I was locked up nearly that whole time. I was barely out. Yeah. So I was out when I was 17, two months chopping in the gear. Yeah. When I was 18, I was out for like three months. Don't even think I was out when I was 19. I was out for 20 when I was a bit. And I got off like dead set like in my the whole- little bits of your time that yeah. you were actually using, you were out. So now if, you, if I look back like 35 years, I probably used drugs for like two months here, four months there, and mm. two months there. I've probably used drugs for eight months of my life. I've probably used less drugs than the standard person, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They were just very extreme little periods. But to answer that question, like there, there was a little period of time as a last resort when I couldn't get any money searching, couldn't mm. find any lappies, and like was full sick. Like couldn't go, for, like wasn't going to steal a car and go drive somewhere. Like I could barely walk. So there was this path like down Woolloomooloo where people used to um, score pot down at the basketball courts, like a famous place. And there's this path they used to walk. And um, I thought, yeah, it's sweet. Like these people just coming down to score pot, whatever. I'll rob them, who cares? Um, and I used to wait in a tree with a knife and they used to walk under the tree and I used to like drop down. I see, give me your money. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? What are you doing? So give me your money, you dickhead, I'll stab you. And I was like, hey, like, what are you doing this for? I said, shut up. What, you're saying that's the putridest thing? 
That's the futuristic thing. Or was it? Did you catch a woman or an old person or something? No, that's that's the futuristic thing. But the men, they were just men. Oh, sometimes those lads with their girlfriend. There was it was barely ever a person by themselves. I jump in as three people. It's better. Oh, more more money. money. Okay, so you're saying that's the most putrid thing, jumping that's, out of the tree. Yeah, like if I'm going to look back and out of all the things I've done, what gets the closest to what you would say is like, oh, well, that's the shoot go. Mm. It's probably that. Mm. That's the, that's as close to the line that you could say, oh, that's a real shoot go. You're a horrible person. That's it. So like, that's why I'm saying like- But I, you don't feel bad about it? No, nah, I don't feel bad. Yeah. No, nah, I don't. I See, wait, I I wish, do you know bad. what I need? I need a bit more of whatever you've got. I feel too much oh, yeah. for people. Yeah. You know the guy, this situation that this guy, you're in jail. It feels like a trivial moment where this guy talks shit down the telephone line to you. The day you get out of jail, eight months later, you hunt him down and you want you gotta get him, you gotta kill him because you said you were gonna kill him. Yeah. Right? You seriously injure this guy. Really have nothing to do with him other than he talks shit to you. Right? It was a never glorified injury, but yeah. I mean, it was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. It just, it sounds bad because it's the neck and then the knife broke. So it sounds. I I mean, stabbing anybody anywhere in the body, bad. Okay. Stabbing someone in the neck, very bad. Yeah. You bashed the shit out of him too, yes? Not just the stabbing. There was a few punches and a pimp slap. Excuse me? Pimp slap? Yeah, yeah, What does this mean? Just like a big, like, open-handed slap. Got it. You know, like, um, you know, in the old movies in the 70s and the oh, pimp like, slaps his prostitutes, like, you know, it's called a pimp slap. Okay. Yeah. So a pimp slap, a few punches, and then the neck. A few punches first. I then, thought it was a the, stomp on the head. Then the stab. And uh, then when he was down, I was like, a pimp, big, pimp, big pimp slap, yeah. <laughs> Just for fun, because the stabbing wasn't enough. Just to put him in his, like, that's, it's, uh. So that's very bad. Just by civilian terms. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we see that as quite bad. He but- was a criminal. It's like saying, is, is a, is a soldier killing, uh, another soldier, a putrid act. He only said something down the phone to you eight months before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that warrant that kind of attack? What was it? What was the fixation? I like if you're talking about it um, for he, from my perspective, yeah. does it warrant it? It's it's over the top. Yeah, dramatic. It's over the top. Like it's a, it's dramatic. Like it's over the top. Like I should have um, put my more priority into making yeah. money. You, you know had I mean? this whole game plan of you had an objective to make the money, and then this one guy takes all of that power. Yeah, because uh, I was very concerned with. Um, like most people that play that game with reputation. Writing the wrong. Yeah. Like you didn't want him to be, oh, I talk shit about Spanian. What the fuck is he going to do? Of course not. Of you want it, you not, had to yeah. like. Now I don't care about that stuff. Okay. Yeah, but of course not. Man. And that's an interesting leap, right? You're in the public eye a lot now. Yeah. You have 200 plus thousand followers on Instagram. You have YouTube videos, podcasts. You've got like, you're on mainstream media. Carl and Jackie O talk about you. You're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. More than ever, you have got shit talkers. Yep. I've even seen you in a video weigh yourself. Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. And you're yep. like, people think I don't weigh however much it yep. was. You think I weigh 90 kilos or I can't remember what it was. 85. Whatever. Yeah. And you're like showing them the scales. And I was like, you have so much clout. Mm-hmm. What is Darren from Greenwich yep. that says, oh, you don't weigh this? What is it 
is it strategy that you're like, this is going to be fucking funny video or is it like, shut up? Uh, Shut up. No, the objective of that video, that's to make 80% of men feel inadequate. (laughs) That was the objective of it. (laughs) I'm a sexy Adonis and you're not. Like, I'm a monster. You're talking, you can talk all you want. You weigh 85 kilos, like you're barely a man. So I learned that if you make people angry... Um, they watch you more, they they love you more. They comment on your stuff more. And a comment is very powerful. So the way social media works is... The comment is is the highest thing that you can put into an algorithm. It shows the biggest yeah. interaction. And on Facebook, a comment is a share. So if you've noticed... It turns up on someone's page. Because your friend commented yes. on it. So if you comment on someone's page that you don't like, yes. you've just shared it to everyone's yes. feed that yes. you're friends with. Yes. Um, so this is strategy now. Of course it is. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. evolved. And I'm I still like- do. I've done something the other day that was similar to this. I, because I'm already sweet, I already get money and everyone knows who I am. I don't got to do this no more. So I can start being my more natural self and Which produce some proper person? content. Yeah, yeah. Because you're outspoken, you're brash, you don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. At all. Your life has changed dramatically, mm-hmm. right? So you've gone, even when you became a very, very successful drug dealer, it was smart. They lock you up. It's annoying because you now finally got your shit together. You know what you want to do. Yep. And you come out and you're like, I don't really want to be a criminal anymore. You meet this guy that says, I liked your rap when we were together in jail. Mm-hmm. You go into this world, right? Is there any part of you that feels... And I mean this with no disrespect, but like a bit unsure or a bit like, am I corny doing this, putting my rap on a video? Like yeah. you're a you're a criminal ex criminal. Yep. Like it's a bit. It's you're moving into the art space now. You're, yeah, you're yeah, moving yeah. into performance. Like what was that a bit um, weird? Or were you just like fuck it? I want money, and this is a way. In terms of the rap, no. Uh, when I started rapping. I didn't start rap because I really wanted to. He was pushy on it. And I've been rapping as a hobby for a long time before that. And um, the world I come from, rapping is idiots. So like I've said many times, it's in the book. When when I grew up um, in, in jail in my time, if you're rapping, it's not like, you know, you say there's American movies, people in the yard rapping. Yeah. If you're in an Australian prison yard, especially 20 years ago, and you start rapping, people like, they're going to move away from you. They're going to think like, look at this absolute gronk. People will tell you stop like you're a spinner. Um, that's how I was treated. So I always looked at um, rapping as like it's a secret thing. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's your it's, own it's little gron- personal Yeah, it's thing. gronk stuff. Um, as time went on, Aussie hip-hop got more accepted. Um, apparently nowadays it's to the full opposite that you just go in prison yards and people are battling. Oh, right? So apparently really? that's how it is now. I haven't been in jail since 2017, but apparently everyone's a rapper in jail because they've seen people like me and one four and stuff like that. They're criminals out here that yeah. rap. So it's sweet now. So now jail, everyone in jail raps. And but, also um, it makes it cool when you get out that you used to do that in there. Yeah, It yeah, gives you more true, clout, true, right? True. Um, so no, I didn't feel that way about the rapping stuff. The talking stuff, definitely, because I come from the mentality – you know, you hear those stupid, corny lines like uh, criminals don't speak, real gangsters don't talk, this and that. You know, just like... Real, they're very yeah. one-dimensional, yeah, right? Like, like I'm staunch, that's it, fuck off. Like yeah, yeah. I've got limited vocabulary, I do my business, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and if you like tell a story about your crime, it's like, oh, you're not cool now. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're showing off. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always had that mindset. So the first time I talked, um, when I learned that everybody... 
uh, I learned that everybody was really excited. I learned that that's my my uh, gift. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's down. It's more down that avenue as opposed to music. You know what I mean? It's a, whatever that avenue leads you. And um, the reaction I got from that, I still pulled away from it. It's like everyone was just fascinated with everything I say and every opinion I had mm. on everything and my outlook mm. on this. And they want to know what's my outlook on that. And mm. they're going crazy. I'm thinking these people are spinners. Why do they want to listen to me talk? Do people like <laughs> listening to people talk? Yes. I thought like these this is a podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And look at me now. I host a podcast. You know what I mean? But I'm from a world yeah. like, why don't you go listen to my songs? You're just sitting there listening to me sit on a brick wall talking. You've mm-hmm. lost the plot. But that's yeah. the way the world is. I didn't know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Do you know what I know how I found you? Because mm. we're not in the same kind of niche. You know, we've got different audiences. Yeah. But I follow these sex workers. I'm really... Um, I love this group of girls. They're a group of sex workers. And one of them shared you and I think she had a big crush. Mm-hmm. And so I went on your page and then I'm looking at look at like who we have in common and the people that like you. And then I came across one of your hood talks. I think it was about vaccinations because it was just before we were all in that. Mm-hmm. It's quite a while ago. Yep. And it was the shit you were saying was radical. Yep. And I was just like the audacity you have, Mm. you know, like it's this weight. And I think that's the thing that people love is like, how can he say that? Mm. How did he get away with that? Or is someone going to come for him or sue him or, you know what I mean? Like the, you're saying all this. So I said something crazy. Well, I guess people aren't saying that. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. It was a long time ago and I've watched a lot of you since then, but you were saying something. What is your stance on vaccination? Just quickly. I'm so I'm more vaccinated than the, the um, average person. Okay, but I just don't that- get. I just don't do what people tell me I have to do. So, so if you tell me I have to get vaccinated yeah. to go to on the, the train shops. or the shuttle, yeah. of course not. Okay, fuck you and fuck your train. I'll okay. walk around. If you tell me it's optional, I'll get it. I'm vaccinated. All the obvious ones you get when you're a kid. Yeah. I've had flu shots like every second year. I used to go get a flu shot just to get the lollies that were in the in the <laughs> doctor's in, office. In the doctor's office in jail. Like I would get I would go oh, yeah, and that's- I would verbal to have two or three flu shots in one year. Just wow. so I can get like they wouldn't let me, yeah. but I'll try and throw off like maybe they lost the paperwork. Now I volunteered, got vaccinated for hepatitis A, hepatitis B. Hepatitis B was three different shots. I'm sweet with vaccines. But are you sweet? Did you get this vaccine? Of course not. Well, oh, I get this vaccine. Okay. <laughs> but you're not anti-vax. You're anti being told what to do. Yeah. You're not going to go around. I'm so vaccinated. You're not going to go around the world when next time there's a cold and just like put everyone, lock everyone in their house and tell everyone what they have to do and I'm going to run and do it. I, I, I actually hate people who are like that, who are so easily told what to do. I lose my faith oh. in humanity and I've lost a lot of faith in humanity over the past two years because of like people's behaviours and showed how how easy they are to manipulate. I just see what went on with this COVID situation mm. as like no different to, what's that experiment, the Milford experiment, where they were getting average good humans to come in and 
electrocute people to death for getting the wrong answer and to see how many people would administer electric volts just because they were told to. And to me, like if you're trying to manipulate me into believing something that I don't believe, I'm I'm on the full end. You won't give it to me. I don't care if they make me live in Alice Springs. I still won't get vaccinated. So so this is really interesting, right? Because you're passionate, but you're also really smart. But a lot of the people following you, and no disrespect because a lot of them are going to be listening to this, they're looking at you as almost a guru. You are influential now. You know that, right? People listen to you and you would be this sounding board for many people making decisions. Now, you're not anti-vax. You're anti don't tell me what to do. That's been your life motto. Mm. But everyone else is living different lives, right? Different circumstances in society in a different way, but looking at you for guidance. Do you feel, and I think I know the answer, but I need to ask you the question, a sense of responsibility, and I know what you're going to say, when the average Joe, who doesn't really have a strong belief system and may not have a, you know, a high IQ, Goes, fuck, I don't know what to do. Get the vaccine, not get... I'm going to listen to what Spanion says. Good. Best choice he's ever done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Best choice he's ever made. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Better than listening I mean? to someone that's too scared to touch, a, to touch a button at the lights. You know what presses I Presses mean? buttons with their elbow. You're going to go listen to them. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Do you find pressure having influence now? Like what you say means a lot now. Yeah. And some of it's for shits and giggles. And like weighing on the scales and to piss yeah. you off. And some of it's actually, I believe in this, that the government is scumbags, that I don't believe in this or that, right? Do you feel or is it thought out or thoughtful what you put out there? Um, of course. So like I've had a, one of my podcasts I've had with another rapper, most of the podcast was talking about this and having a responsibility and the influence mm. we have, we give to people. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's it. if I'm not if I'm not doing something that I feel is irresponsible, uh, uh, teaching people something that's irresponsible. So if I believe, yeah, whether or not it's true, who knows? Like I know it's, it's your opinion, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, who knows yeah, if it's that's r- it. no true one knows. or not? No one that's knows. It, but people just... argue if like, oh, but it's the but this is the truth. But it's like no one knows the truth. Like who cares? But as long as I believe it, to, and it's like I'm not putting it out there with um, bad intentions. Mm then of course I, I don't feel the, bad or feel the pressure. There's something really beautiful that you are doing and I'm thinking it's intentional. It might not be intentional. And one of the things was, you'll remember it, it was recently, you were standing outside, it was gently sprinkling and you're in the park and you're barefoot. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. And your messaging was just like, it was just so beautiful. And the power of the message, which was, correct me if I'm wrong, be grateful, be present, enjoy the simplicity of life, mm. the rain on your face, the grass on your feet. Yeah. The power, right? Yeah. Because all of these people, the the influence you have, and mainly I'm assuming dudes younger than you mm. maybe were into what you were into, maybe coming out of it, maybe still dabbling, maybe yeah. still criminals, listening to something like that from you. Yeah. Like, do you understand the ah, the power of that? I still fully don't, but I'm gaining more insight. Like, I don't open a lot of messages. I open barely any messages. I know, I've not. messaged you. <laughs> I barely open messages. But sometimes like, I go in a request and I glance them without opening them. And um, I see people, they write, like, so many. You don't understand. Like, it's to say that it's been thousands, it's been tens of thousands over the last couple of years of people who write, like, these like, heart, like full pages 
about how I've changed their life and they've mm. done this and they've now it's just the craziest stuff and they've reunited with their family because of me and they've got off drugs and mm. they've changed their life and now they so like I'm starting to see it yeah whether I fully understand it or not um, it's a different story but I can see like it's it's well the stuff I do is like yeah it is powerful if you were the 16 year old you like just pre-drugs yeah. you listening to you in the future so just say someone you admired would hearing that thing about being outside being present being grateful at that age do you think it would have impacted you probably not me and maybe some of my mates okay yeah you have to have like a men i'll tell you something like men um we don't idolize people a lot some men do some men don't You'd have to idolize someone to be so impacted by him like that. You'd have to have some like, you know, like like um, outlook, like look up to them or mm. believe. You know what I mean? But say you did. If I did, 16, it, I definitely would. It's just a matter of that I wouldn't have. There's you know, no way I'm going to listen time. to any longer. Like, I'm listening to no one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Like if someone goes on the internet and says, oh, guess what? I used to be a criminal. I know the <laughs> truth. Let me teach you. I say, shut up. It like, wasn't the time. I don't care. I'll teach myself like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. But there's other kids that are not like that and they look at me and they say, like, fuck, like, he's imagine, gone through a lot of stuff. And imagine someone in, at a fork in the road, right? Yeah. Crime, non-crime opportunity, like life, hmm. you know, future. Those things, right, peppered into all your other rap and your videos and all the other shit is like, I don't know if that's strategy for you or if that's just where you are right now or both. Oh, no, it's definitely not strategy. It's not. It's honest. Yeah, actually, like, two weeks ago is the first time that we made it, like, me and my team, like, my managers and producer and that made a game plan. It's like of what we're going to do this year and it's like produce this and do this and this and that. And it's the first, before that, it's just like I say whatever I want. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I just be myself. Yeah, that's it. So, like, there's absolutely no strategy. If I feel like saying something, I'll say it. Yeah. Do you um, ever have regrets of anything that you share? There probably will be. You'd have to give me a second to think about it. Not on the top of my head. There's nothing um, that stands out. Because sometimes I overshare and then my husband will come home and he'll be like, that was too much. Oh, yeah. Or, like, why are your tits out in that post? Or like, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to do it all, yeah, and he's yeah. very private. Yeah. So I don't even know if your girl has been like, you sounded a bit loose today, or you were a bit. No, no, no. I'm very that. non-sexual. Um, yeah. Yeah, very non-sexual. Can we talk about that? Yup, yup. There were two occasions that you were molested. Yup. Very young for one of them. Very young. Did you find either of those traumatic? Um. No. You're saying it wasn't traumatic? No. In terms of like how it affected me at the time, I don't feel any like looking back that it affected me. Like I wasn't traumatized by it. Mm. Um, but I'm not a psychologist. Mm. So. You don't know the impacts that it might of have had. Not. I might not even be the same person if that didn't happen yeah. to me. Yeah. Has it impacted your intimacy or your sexual relationships? So I spent my whole life dealing with counselors drug and alcohol workers you know these types Mm. of things just unlimited amounts of them um, mentors this and that 
in like most circumstances get their frills off by being sexualized or like having some type of like inappropriate sexual um, shenanigans, whether it's physical or not, but just like doing like things that like they would keep hidden from their boss, mm. put it otherwise they'd lose their job. The risky shit. The risky stuff, like with a 15, 16 year old kid. And I found out that, so I was, I just presume that that's what they do. Which is really interesting because this is your experience, which then went into adult jail, which you in the book were, it was confusing for me a little bit were kind of enticing yep. workers yep. to have relations with my you. power. Yeah. I learned that from boys' homes. And you know what? It wasn't a, this is the funniest thing. Like it wasn't only in, in, in um, detention. I'm not just talking things here. So like obviously the first time I got molested was not in detention. But as a teenager around Woolloomooloo, like – Nearly all the older girls were trying to have sex with me when I was like 15 years old. Half of my mates' mums. It was just what I experienced my whole life. And I'm telling you that from the bottom of my heart. Whether it was that that thing in my family home all the way to like my mates' mums to girls from my area that are 15 years older than me to juvenile detention to adult jail. It's just like I just, yeah... It, it just becomes so normal to me. But if it was a mother of a friend's mate and, yep. and you're 14, that would feel a bit yuck. It made you feel cool, to be honest. Okay. That's not – it's very different from a man and, and woman. We're, create, we're not even close to created equal. Do you know what I mean? Like there's things like for a 14-year-old boy, 15-year-old boy, if you're going over your, your mate's house and his mum is like trying to flirt with you, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's bragging stuff. You go in the streets, like, this lad's mum's trying to have sex with me. They're like, no way. And I say, I swear that your mates won't believe you. And they'll say, let's, we're coming down with you. We want to see it. So we'll go down and she'll be like, all like that with me. And they'll be all jealous. It's not a thing, like a traumatic thing. Yeah, yeah. So boys and girls are different. It's different, like, uh, so a 14-year-old girl goes over and the dad's like sleezing on yeah. and they get scared. It's different. Okay. Yeah, it's very different. So then what about so, – so it sounds like your sexual relationships are healthy and safe now in yeah, the yeah, yeah. present time, yeah. right? And I'm sure you've had many a girls in the DMs. We don't need to go mm. over that. That just goes without saying, mm. right? I want to – we've got to finish up soon. We can talk forever. One of them was the turning point for you uh, after having your first son. Yeah. In the book, there's this one line, um, and I'm not going to get emotional, but it's your little boy, you get out of jail, it's the first time you've been with him really since he was born, and he says something to you. Yeah. What's the line? He said, uh, Dad, can you keep me forever? That's what he said, yeah. And it's the most weighted question in the world mm. right and yeah. you said i said um of course son of course and you got to have this relationship with him right yeah and then was it was it easy just becoming a dad from not becoming a dad for so long like you were a dad obviously yeah. but hands-on dad yeah it was easy because by the time i got out he was like five years old so he was already at the age where we can um play and you know, and like do sport and like he can be like my friend. 
You know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to me, like, hands-on looking after him like a baby. Yeah. Yeah, so it was so easy. It was mad. And how long did you have with him before he went to school elsewhere? I got out in 2017, and me and his mother broke up in 2019. I had to get out of the house. I, yeah. I moved to Glebe. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a different girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've seen him a few times in the first couple months, mm. and then it was just I'm not allowed to see him. You're not allowed? No, no, I wasn't allowed to see him. Yeah. Don't you have rights? So the exact sentence that was used, and I say this, this is in the book, is that when I separated with her, I gave up my right to be a father. And that was written to me in those exact words, um, and that's the exact outlook, and that's completely based around that. So it's like, which is not an uncommon thing. So a lot of people's like, what do you mean? You broke up with me? Well, then you don't have a son anymore. And that's how it was. So after 13 months of it, it got to the point where something official happened, where a court application was lodged and the other party was notified that there's an upcoming court case. And um, coincidentally, within that fortnight, he got sent away, far away. So yeah, so he's continued to live in Woolloomooloo this entire time, going to school up in the city, mad school, this and that. Finally got to the point where it's like, the other party was faced with, oh, this, decision, this is not a, a choice. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually a court order. Yeah. I'm not, I can't say the reason why. I don't know. I wasn't there. He got sent away. But yeah, like the week that that was, it was like I was on the doorstep finally of seeing my son and she gave up custody of him and sent him far away to live with her army. The rage. So now my son, instead of knowing his dad, lives with his mum's auntie. In some somewhere far in the bush, <laughs> yeah, and that's the circumstance of it. So like, so then the lawyer's like to me, well, he lives like this far, and I was like, so what? Bring him back? He's like, you can't bring him back. Like, but you can make it so there's like a supervised visit maybe, and if you travel up there, and it's like, so it's like once every fortnight, I catch the train to halfway to Burke and have some like three. You know, it's just yeah, that's where it's been. I haven't, I'm not allowed to send him Christmas presents or have a phone call with him or anything. I'm not even joking. I, j- I can't wrap my head around that that's a legal thing with someone that's been, yeah, <laughs> been in, you've worked with the parameters of courts and legal systems for so long. And then this can't even be a, a yeah, basic yeah. thing that a father sees his son feels really unfair. Yeah, yeah. The, the court's like, I man, know how man, you man feel. in courts is like, this is a whole nother story. It's like, and all they even, they even just got to say, it don't matter if like I own my business and I'm legit, I haven't like been charged for 10 years. That, that doesn't matter. So like, even if I go to some court and I say like, do you know, like, I, I want to see my son. Like, he doesn't even live with his mum. Like, shouldn't he come to his dad? And then they'll say, do you know that the dad was like an ex-drug dealer? Do you know he stabbed someone? And then the judge so will like, So what, redemption you? never happens. And they'll be like, yeah. And then that, it's simple as that. They'll just say like, because I was a criminal in like Once 10 years ago, 15, yeah. So it's like, it's so easy for them to just so say So how like, do you live with that? Like that feels like the most painful thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's it's putrid. I don't know. It's, it's hard to accept. And, and it's like, and I even, because I have another son now, mm. an 18-month-old boy. And um, yeah, like I'm with him all the time. And, and it's like a part of me feels so bad. Like I, you know, I feel so bad for being so connected to my other son, and 
with him all the time. And there he's my, he's my, my first boy that I love just as much and want to be with just as much. And he just lives on the other side of the state and thinks his dad doesn't love him. Yeah. And it makes, and so it's, it's a putrid feeling. Hmm. It's not fair. It's for someone to be growing up thinking that you don't care hmm. when you're fighting. It doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. the damage is being done. You can't get there and fix it. Yeah, yeah. What, you got to just wait till he's 18? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Or 16 or four, whenever Something, he finds you. Yeah, when he's old enough to use social media, I guess. Like, I don't find know. Find his dad. Yeah. And he doesn't know that I try and ring or try and message or he doesn't know that he has a pile of presents stacked up over the years sitting there that aren't allowed to be sent. And he doesn't know all these efforts. He doesn't know that I went to court trying to fight for him. He just thinks like I just there? disappeared and he I have some other baby. He got what? replaced. I'm really sorry. Thank you so much. For yeah, well, well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at what's the deep. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.